Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day, every day, well, Monday through Friday. And what we do when we gather is we continue to address the issues between, well, there really are no issues between food producers and food consumers. Are there, J.C. Cole? They're all just a figment of our imagination. Uh, there may be a few. We check <laughs> on that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and of course, um, food security is one of the big issues. And, and I'm just amazed that people just aren't realizing, you know, that uh, we are in such a delicate position that um, the supply of food could be cut off pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen. And then this boomer, people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What happened? Yeah. Right. Right. If he, you know, it's like the toilet paper wars should have been a wake up call. And and that was for a product that you don't really need. And if you really know, well, you know, you could survive without it. It's a comfort problem product. Well, I, I don't need it because I have corn cobs, but I don't know what you would use. Right. Well, we're a little more sophisticated here. We know how to make a bidet. <laughs> I have no idea what a bidet is. Don't want to know because it okay. sounds European. <laughs> like it, French. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'll I'll use water injected other places for better things. So you know, it's just all good. Hey, uh I you you should know this, and I, I don't know why you don't talk about this kind of thing more, but my neighboring sheriff contacted me not my sheriff but the sheriff in the neighboring county contacted me today's wednesday monday evening at 9 30 he said did you hear what's going on around i said well yeah there's a lot going on around he said well last night sunday night in custer county nebraska at midnight there was a drone flying over a power station near ocado nebraska Reports were that there were flames encompassed in the the drone itself. The Custer County Sheriff is investigating that. And the reason that this neighboring sheriff in another county, Valley County, contacted me is that he was monitoring a drone at a power station near his hometown of Ord, Nebraska. Um, Do you believe that the power grid is vulnerable, J.C.? I do believe that. I think I've mentioned it a few times a every few, week. Every, every single week. Do you believe that they can have a, a flame that would potentially cause fire in a drone? Oh, I think that's pretty easy to do. Um, you know, it, uh, um, in the news this week, uh, one of the Russian refineries was uh, set on fire by a drone. You know, so you've got a multi-million dollar facility getting set on fire from a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar drone, right? And um, you know, which means that our pretty much our entire infrastructure of critical items mm-hmm. is vulnerable. You know, I liken it to getting bucked off of a horse, and let me tell you, I'm an expert. And getting bucked off of a horse. Cause at least the guys at the NFR ride for eight seconds, right? Uh, but it is rare. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it is rare you get bucked off a horse without a warning. 
because mm-hmm. the warning usually comes like, I didn't like that. You don't do that again. But I didn't like that. And usually you get bucked up because you ignore the warnings. When you get the warning, right. you need to go somewhere, do some groundwork, and get your, your get synced back up. No, right. different than, no different than what we have happening here. Um. Yes. And now, now if we take a quick look at it, we are totally unprotected. Um, and, uh, and that's why I, you know, I wrote papers a long time ago. The supply chain is guaranteed to collapse in its present positioning. Um, you know, and, and you can go as far as the sun will hit us at some time. Uh, with a, um, let's say it's called the kill shot, um, a CME that will just toast our electric grid in its present positioning. Um, and so there's only a couple of things to do. Either wait till it happens or mm-hmm. harden, harden the grid. Now, now an interesting thing because, uh, in today's talk, I was going to bring up then how much money the Biden administration has spent on uh, defending Ukraine, right? And, and, uh, that it's $116 billion. And I think that, um, what was it? Yellen just said, well, we can add another couple, uh, you know, one or two billion. Um, and it costs about 10 billion to harden the grid, yet the grid isn't hardened. So this should be a hint that somebody is setting up America for a catastrophic collapse. The grid is not hardened. We spent five, what, five trillion dollars on the, the COVID uh, debacle and we can't harden our electric grid. Come on, this, this, this is, re- this is just showing treason. Uh, another part of that, which is just an extension. Is that I don't know if you saw the data from American Action Forum, and I found it because it was published in the Wall Street Journal in 2022, thanks to unfettered regulations by the Biden administration. And quite frankly, that started with the Trump administration. He put in as many regulations as Biden has. They just don't cost as much. Eight percent of our GDP now comes from complying with regulations. That's a recipe for a failure. Yes, I go all the way back to an interview they said with uh, Robert David Steele. One of the reasons we don't have small farms is because of the, administ- uh, the administrative uh, burden. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just crushed with it. Um, and and uh, you know that that uh, you can't get to a critical ca- uh, amount of um, cash flow, and that leads right to. Food security, which is what we started at. The issue is that if our transportation system or our supply chain collapses, the majority, probably 95% of Americans, will not have access to food because we have such a diverse delivery system. And the only solution is to create a certain amount of food production within a 30 mile of uh, population centers. That's it. That's the only possible solution. And you see some of the European countries actually uh, still have that. I think France, um, you know, where they refused to give up their small farms and, and protected them. And now now we're we're in this position where 
if the supply chain goes down or the delivery system goes down, we have no food. Yeah, not only is our energy supply, energy being electric, vulnerable. Uh, this transportation, particularly at a semi-level, it's just hanging on a bubble. And I don't even know if the people that are in the transportation world understand how vulnerable it is. Yeah, I you, think they, they've probably got it too. Yeah. You, you don't have any idea the rabbit hole you've sent me down this week because you brought to the forefront the tire situation and how much oil it takes to make a tire, five gallon to make a car tire, but two more gallon to make the process to create the car tire, 22 gallon for a semi tire. Oh my goodness. That has opened up a whole new world and university of Minnesota in 2017 come forth with a tremendous article and, and research project, not just an article, a research project that showed that corn stover combined with methane and CO2 could create tires. We don't need petroleum to make tires. Farmers are the solution, and the corn plant is an amazing thing. Constantly overlook and demonize, and all of that I found is it's going to be a platform of what I yell about every day for the rest of the year because you sent me down a path to look at what makes tires. Well, well, I, I have to admit I was worried you didn't have anything to do. <laughs> And, do you, do you and, know what our first tires were made from? I find this fascinating. Um, I think um, the rubber tree. Yeah, it was. Three three families or three members of the, the popular tree family that they removed a sap-like substance, created a chemical process, and made rubber. How about that? Yeah, I think it was Firestone. That was the um, the start of Firestone, uh, you know, tire. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah. know, there I have, you know, well, again, I... Well, no, you don't have anything until we get yeah. back. J.C. Cole, I'll, roll up. be waiting. <laughs> J.C.'s waiting patiently. We'll be back. With, he can go milk a goat during the break. Then we'll be back with more after. Well, I have big news coming out about the Efforts Key Ranch sale. Talk to Roger. And Roger is a supporter of the Wall of Honor and the veterans, as as I am myself. In fact, his father is going to be recognized on the Wall of Honor. And the Wall of Honor is going to be present at the Efforts Key Ranch sale in uh, Rugby, North Dakota, next week, March the 9th. So call Roger and ask him, which bull are you donating the proceeds to the Wall of Honor? Because that's what's taking place. He's donating proceeds from one bull to the Wall of Honor. I know these are Charlet bulls, but you know, hey, Roger's got a lot to learn. Call Roger Efforts Key Ranch in Rugby, South Dakota, March 9th. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole. I told my mom that... um well, I'm just still hung up on the Clap Girls, the Clap Sisters, uh, Jersey Dairy to Calb, Illinois, by Sterling that I visited a week ago and told my mom I'm going to get one of those milking stations, not a station, but a milking unit. Your wife does not need more chores. That's what my mom said. I said, Mom, <laughs> we got to get her own cow. Your well, wife you could, does not need more chores. <laughs> you you could you could join join the Mormon Church and get another wife, <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so here's you my to, story. Do you, oh, wait, time out. Instead of people sending me the hate mail that I've had to forward to you, would you like to just provide your email address and streamline the process here? 
<laughs> sure. It's Trent Luce. On... <laughs> okay. So, so here's my story. You know, some of my adventures, which leads, I think my adventures are all destined to have happened so that we can come back and prepare. So I was in Latvia in the early days of the, um, of the freedom period. So it was, uh, uh, 2000, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, 1992, and I was up on the Russian border, and uh, I had to get to Riga, which was three hours, um, approximately three hours away, and they arranged a driver for me, and I got in um, this old Soviet car, and I looked at the tires, and there was more cord showing than tread. Nice. And and. And we're and we're driving three hours, probably four hours, in a snowstorm. Mm. Right? I skidded. I skidded the whole way to to Riga. And, and well, they, what, they, you didn't put any new wear on your tires that way. If you're skidding on yeah, ice, that that's true. And uh, fortunately, I had a very good driver. He knew how to skid around the turns quite nicely. And so, what that really came down to is that the the, the supply was so bad in the Soviet Union that they would use a tire till it actually blew out. And I wait, was actually on a bus wait, one time. Wait a minute. Th- that isn't normal? You don't you don't do that? Uh not here in New Jersey, no. <laughs> you you want me to take a picture of all the tires on my vehicles? <laughs> right. So <laughs> Kelly drove our dually yesterday and she said Okay, I'm going to get tires. This is ridiculous because you can't see the the cord jet, but they're coming. Right. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. so yes. What what that what I think is going to happen is if um if our supply chain, um I don't know what you have out there, but every once in a while we will drive by a big garbage dump that's just solid tires, and there's got to be hundreds of thousands of, of tires all dumped there because they don't know what to do with them. They can't put them in a normal um, uh, dump um, to bury. They don't bury well. And so they don't have many reuses for tires. Yeah, it's irritating. You buy a $240 new tire for your pickup, you buy four of them, or six if you got a dually, and then they want to charge you 25 bucks to keep your old ones. It's like, didn't you just sell me high-dollar tires? But yeah, you're right. That's what's happening. That's that's one reason why you have a, um, a shooting backstop because you can use the tires. Oh, oh, trust me, the tires are all here. They're just not in a shooting backstop. That was pretty clever. I saw your picture. Yes. So so um, so it comes that uh, um, I was on a bus uh, coming again from the Russian border down to Riga, and the the bus tire blew out at night, and fortunately they had a. Uh, um, a really old used spare that we could put on. So the whole bus unloads and the guys on the bus help the bus driver change the tire. This was classic, just standard operations during the Soviet time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the most amazing thing was I was the only person with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> At least one guy was ready. Right. So, So the real moral here is you know, if you have the ability, get uh, an extra set of tires and and have them on reserve for um. Oh, for your, your I missed vehicle. I missed the moral of the story. I thought it was always have a flashlight. Well, that part's also true. I think I've got at least two on me at all times. 
this is unrelated almost to what you just described, but I've got a friend and there's a lot of people who have done this. They got grants, they got money to put up these magnificent solar panels. And so I was telling this story to my friend yesterday who has this big old solar panel on his farm. And I was telling him about the sheriff's situation and the drones attacking the substations. And I said, Oh, but you're, you're well covered in case of an outage. You got your solar panels. He said, I'm not covered at all. I got the solar panels, but they feed right into the system. If the system goes down, I have no batteries because the battery to match my solar system would take $70,000. They don't make them to last more than a year. And so it's $70,000 per year to have a battery that accomplishes what it would have to be accomplished to use this solar panel that I have, which looks fantastic. How ridiculous is that? Well, I think that, yes, here in New Jersey, apparently you can get um, uh, your solar panels put in without you putting up the money, which is very suspicious. I'm not sure what the, um, you know, what uh, strings are attached. Um, and and sell the electricity back to uh, the power company. But, mm-hmm. you know, all, uh, the majority of those don't have the ability, didn't put in the ability to disconnect and have a battery charged so that the solar actually works for you when, when, um, the electric grid is down, uh, and, you know, and, and that you have to pay for that yourself. And, and he's right. I, you know, that's why I looked into it. You know, your battery bank is 20 or 30,000, depending on what, how much, um, voltage or amperage you need. Right. But, um, while we're on there, you can look at a guy named Scott Hunt. Um, and uh, he is, uh, he's got a channel, just put Scott Hunt prepper. And it'll come up. He he has his master's in uh, mechanical engineering. He's one of the the most talented guys on how to store and uh, and uh, distribute water on a farm, along with um, a solar and solar backup hmm. uh, from the prepping side. So uh, he's an engineer prepper. Sounds um, like a good and, guest. Uh, oh yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and he's very articulate too. Uh, so, so, um, he, and he's actually created on his farm a whole bunch of different things, which he put on, on the YouTube. I think it's called practical preppers and, mm. uh, including, including wood gas, which we've talked on, syngas, yeah. the ability to generate energy with wood. Um, you know, so he could, he can actually run his whole farm on a, on a, a wood gas, uh, generator. Well, I can't, I can't watch him though, because I'm banned from even watching a YouTube video. You're, you're banned from watching YouTube? Yeah, I am. I can't log on. I can't, I can't even watch one, let alone logging on. (laughs) I can skirt the system and do it through my wife's account, but that takes effort. Right. And begging that you're allowed to use your wife's. And then won't be long she'll be banned and so it's just easier just to say i'm banned i can't watch anything i can't well, watch anything on youtube facebook instagram or whatsapp okay well like, maybe like a, you, like a badge of honor yeah maybe you should just not make comments <laughs> how am i going to get people prepared if i don't make comments jc 
Well, you let those people worry about it, you know. And you <laughs> I should be out milking my cow instead of educating people. Is that what you, I'll call my mom and tell her that. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. So, so there's, you know, a um, bunch of things, you know, we've, we've, we're looking at this and we're, um, I meet every Saturday with um, a couple of my neighbor farmers. Mm-hmm. They're actually five of us. Yes, there are five farmers in New Jersey, at least five. In one right? community, and, wow. Yes, and, and we discuss things. And we're discussing right now the harvest um, right uh, freeze dryer, okay, how to freeze mm. dry food. Sure. And, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good investment of, of money. It's a, you know, between three thousand and five thousand dollars. So we're looking at we all chip in and how to use it. But that brings on this this whole issue of how do you store your harvest? You know, if the uh, supply chain goes down, you know, and and uh, that's going to be a real concern. You know, that will be um, if you can have a freeze dryer. And I think of it this way: you're almost always going to have some form of electricity. It may not be twenty four seven. But you'll be able to uh, pretty much yeah. use your uh, freeze dryer intermittently. Yeah, we're well, out. Uh, um, Half time. We're back with more JC Cole after the break. Right off the bat, today I want to talk about leg night, keeping the lights on. You talk about a reliable source of energy. If we would harden the grid, continue to rely on natural gas and coal, these discussions about the vulnerability of electricity would not be happening. We've made massive progress because we've tapped into this renewable source of fuel. Now, there's only 800 years of coal left in the country. Yeah. Yeah, only 800 years, folks. Lignite.com to get full details about the people who bring you light. Welcome back. Trent Loose alongside. I'll get all revved up here in a moment. J.C. Cole. Yes. Come to us from New Jersey with his freeze-dried friends. The freeze-dried. Fr- this could be the makings of a new, like, it's not a quartet, but what, what do you call five guys in a band? Five guys in a band. Five guys in a band. <laughs> and the band is called Welcome. Give it up now for the freeze-dried boys. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, So one of the things we discussed is predators. Um, and uh, we're not talking about the two-legged predators. We are in New Jersey, um, but the four-legged predators and their increase. And mm-hmm. and so, for instance, I had a raccoon get into my chicken coop and, and kill fifteen birds. Now that's that's disheartening during normal times, but it's a catastrophe during, um, let's say, a grid down event because it'll take you six months. To replace right. those birds before they're laying. Yep. Right. And so what we are seeing is a resurgence of things like weasels. Now I'm not talking about the politician weasel. We couldn't get rid of them. We're trying, but, uh, but, but, um, weasels and minks here in New Jersey and they can sneak through a really tiny hole. They can get through, you know, maybe uh, two square inches and, uh, and uh, again, one of my uh, farmer friends had uh, her flock wiped out, you know, of about eight or 10 birds 
by a by a, a mink. Yeah, right? that would take no time at all for a mink. Yeah, and and so we have to now prepare for that because it will be such a catastrophe mm-hmm. if the grid goes down or if we have um, a, a real call on food. And now, of course, you and I have been sending back and forth with our our friend Steve. You know that uh, we've got these super pigs coming in for you guys up north. Uh, we got an increase in coyotes. Um, uh, uh, well, 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 well. Before we get to coyotes, um, I did about three weeks ago. I caught wind of the situation the pigs are developing in Canada, actually. And today on Trent on the Loose, I had Sid Miller, who's a commissioner of agriculture for the state of Texas, and he goes into great lengths about the damage that the pigs cause in Texas, not only to crop and food production, but they cause damage in the, in the fact that these feral pigs are spreading diseases that we otherwise have in check. But that was in a warm climate because the pigs just can live in Texas and, and deal with it. These pigs, you're calling them super pigs, only because they have learned how to adapt to frigid climates and continue to expand and grow and, and multiply this is extremely dangerous to the food supply and to the animal health period. So, and they're creeping into Montana, North Dakota. It, it's getting up close and personal. So they're, they're converging on me in Nebraska from both directions, JC. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a big concern for us here. It's like coyotes because we have so many suburban areas that the coyotes can go undisturbed in there. Um, and, and so you have to get the equipment now while the system's working. And for instance, you know, for you to, you know, really hunt, um, let's say pigs or, or coyotes, you need night vision or thermal imaging, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, uh, night vision is not so expensive anymore. It's under a thousand dollars for some of the uh, weekend warrior stuff. Yeah. Okay. For night vision for militaries up there, about three or $4,000. But for, for, you know, the common guy, the ATNs, uh, night vision is is uh, down around under a thousand dollars. So I, you know, highly recommend you know increasing your fencing and and uh, getting night vision or thermal um, because this is coming. And of course, if the grid does go out, we're going to get two legged predators in the dark. Yeah, you more yeah. than me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. In all cases, a good dog is beneficial because a good little greyhound can help you with those critters as well. Well, for us over here, um, um, like a great beer, uh, great Pyrenees or mm-hmm. a um, a marm. Yeah, so those are two different things. You're using the great Pyrenees to protect the flock. I'm using the greyhound to hunt down the predator. Got it. Got it. Yes, and. Um, and of course, you could always get a Rottweiler for other predators, but that's that's a little bit different. <laughs> I have my own Rottweiler. He's quite good, right? And he's not so, a Rottweiler, but the mailman won't even Craig won't even get out of his uh, vehicle when he brings the mail, right? Which right. is good. Yes. So, so um, in one of the articles this week was is is basically the stage is set for a hybrid World War Three, and and I agree with that. And so, do I personally get worried about a nuclear holocaust? Not really. 
uh, a nuclear holocaust because there's no need. We can have a cyber holocaust. And none other than Klaus Schwab has said that. And so what did we see? Ransomware attack on food giant Dole temporarily shuttered uh, uh, all U.S. production. You know, and so so we're we're seeing these things starting to happen where they they can just, you know, uh, uh, technically shut down uh, the systems. Right. And this is uh, very concerning. You remember, must have been six months ago, JBS Swift, the world's largest meat packer, had a malware that got into their accounting system. And shut them down for people couldn't even deliver cattle to the packing plants for a couple of three days because they couldn't figure out how to handle their malware in their system. Yeah, and and there is some rumor, and I could say it's just a rumor that the shutdown of uh, some of the airports, you know, by um, um, was uh, some form of ransomware. That um, that's you know somebody goes, okay, we're shutting down air traffic control at LAX until you pay us a you know, a few million Bitcoin. Um, and now that's a rumor, but we're, we're, we are looking at a hybrid world, uh, world war. And of course, you know, poking the bear is not really a smart idea because they're very clever. And, and of course, poking the dragon isn't really a smart idea either. And unfortunately, we got a lot of idiots in, in D.C. who are do, doing this. Right. You know, so. uh, I'm quoting Martin Luther King, paraphrasing. I worry less about the idiots who are poking the bear than I worry about those who know the difference and remain silent. The elected officials in, in D.C. Who, who sit by and watch this obese spending in the Ukraine who sit by and watch this lack of concern for creating a, a hardened grid and electric, lack of concern for shoring up a domestic supply of food, the ones who are sitting there not saying anything, those are the ones I'm worried about. Those are the ones that irritate me the most. Because I know the Bidens and the Satan worshipers of the world are trying to create evil. I know that. But the people yeah. who are on the right side, because there's plenty of them there, but they sit there and say nothing. Right, right. And, um, and, and so we've got so many things coming at us, you know, at, at some point, you know, you have to at least take a break, but it's almost like going to the gym and, and, uh, it being expected to bench press, you know, 500 pounds. You got to mm-hmm. start now lifting what you can lift and, and just, uh, um, gradually build it up. And of course, oh, that's what I, I think that's a great analogy. And that's what, um, that's what prepping really is. And so, you know, back to uh, the freeze dryer, I mean, that's um, a little bit of an expensive uh, 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 purchase. But if you get a couple people to uh, chip in, you're able to start storing quality food. Right. And, and of course, if you do the same with mason jars, you know, you're you're um, creating um, the ability to store your harvest. All right. And it'll cost probably about $600 for a family of uh, four yeah, to um, buy mason uh, jars. I strongly recommend you not talk about buying mason jars until you have them in stock because then they won't, they make it where you can't find lids and do everything else to make it troublesome. Okay. 
Well, you can, you can find all of it. And do those freeze dryers, do they use the uh, liquid nitrogen as their source of energy to do that? No, they're using some form of compression that I know of. Um, uh, some vacuum, some form of vacuum. I'm not really sure. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. And, um, and so, so we've got, uh, we've got a lot of things happening and, and, uh, it's not going to get better. Um, I heard one report, a third of all U.S. shopping malls are closing. Well, that makes sense. If if uh, Amazon just took like 37% of all of the purchases, how can a, a local retail actually stay in uh, in business? I didn't see that Amazon's now 37%. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was a couple of weeks I, ago. I don't, and, I don't dispute that. Yeah, and... and uh, you know what happens now? Amazon. This still, you know, um, um, confuses me. How is it that I can buy something for you know twenty dollars off Amazon and get it delivered for free? And, yeah, um, I, I would like you to tell me that because I'm in the business of shipping meat and I can't afford to sell. It. I can sell anybody anything anywhere, like you. I could sell you a whole batch of pork chops, but putting them in the mail and shipping them to you—that's a different deal. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe try Amazon for a while. And, <laughs> although that you doesn't know, require that they pay you. <laughs> you bring up a great point because I had this conversation with somebody very dear to us. You know her as well. And and I'm I'm just like I never want to contribute to the people who are working against me. And at some point, how do you go about life without contributing to Amazon? I complain that, every time an Amazon package shows up at my doorstep, but my daughters don't share the same concern I do, right? And they just, boom, they go buy it. And they're like, Dad, it's there. It's available. It's convenient. It's cheaper. That's yes, the and problem. What my, what my big concern is, is that uh, that people are getting um, lulled into this uh, convenience system, right? In, including us. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, too. Mm-hmm. And um, And all of a sudden, it gets turned off. Well, Kelly will confirm I do nothing out of convenience. It's all the hard way or it's not at all. Roll route. One segment. J.C. Cole. After this. Well, right off the bat today, let's talk about protect the harvest. The only way we maintain a free and fed America is individuals own property, continue to utilize property, and do not get hornswoggled by local law enforcement officials. That happens because the money that the animal rights organizations put into hornswoggling, that's my word, not protect the harvest word, hornswoggling law enforcement officials causing problems, continue to see where the erosion of the right to own animals is impacting you and I, whether you own an animal or not. Protect the harvest is working to empower you. Free and fed America is up to you. Protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back. Trent Luce alongside J.C. Cole. I want to jump back to one other thing. You know how there's been tremendous emotion and sentiment around the Endangered Species Act? You know what's clear to me now? That the Endangered Species Act, which currently has 2,600 and some plants and animals listed as, as endangered, the reason they've created this Endangered Species Act is to unleash predators on the public. 
because what happens if you de- designate uh, sage grouse, I'm just using it as an example, as an endangered species, well, then everything deemed critical habitat for that sage grouse is off limits. And all that does is increase the growth of the predators for the animal that you're talking about, i.e. Delta Schmelt in the Sacramento River. That's been documented in the Delta that they increase the predator hardship and pressure on the Delta Schmelt because of the Endangered Species Act. So I believe these predators that you're talking about earlier, recognizing that raccoons and mink are not currently listed as endangered species, but it is all about increasing predators to make it tougher on humans. Wolves, well, wolves I, I, in I, the wolves in the Rocky Mountains. Better, no better example. I don't think you're thinking enough into the conspiracy side there, Trent. It's a control model <laughs> uh, linked right in, right in with uh, the environmental stuff. It's just another version, um, you know, a rabbit hole on the um, environmental stuff. You know, let let's get rid of carbon dioxide, which feeds plants, so that we have a greener a greener uh, globe. How come people not see this? Of course, we are carbon, and they're getting rid of carbon. Us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and so they they use the the, the Predator Act as another control system. Um, now, I do believe that we have to have some protection for animals, like we almost let the bald eagle go extinct using, if if correct, DDT, right? And um, um, and we see. We actually have a set of bald eagles. Um, uh, um, you know, that was a fallacy, too. DDT did not ha- cause harm to the about what bald eagle. That was all propaganda. Uh, that's why I said if correct. Yeah. yeah, And we're in this period of such lies. It, it, it's staggering. It's, it's just staggering. And so you're trying uh, uh, to get through and just be left alone. And they're coming at you from all sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but uh, let us get into um, uh, some of our famous um, uh, history dates. You know, what happened this week of significance? Of course, they touched on it last week, but February the 27th um, uh, in 1933, the um, uh, German parliament building, the Reichstag, burnt down. And this was a classic false flag by the Nazis to get in the... um, um, uh, the act that gave Hitler's group all the power, um, uh, the enabling act, right? And so we have a lot of similarities with not, none other than 9-11 being done by an inside group. Of course, that's a conspiracy theory, so turn off your brain uh, to look at the, the evidence right? and and get in the Patriot Act, which was just sitting right there on the shelf already written, and and and, of course, you look at the parallels of it, and it took a huge amount of rights away from us and gave it to the administration. You know, and, and so, so uh, and then February 28th, 1961, here's another part of it. JFK names none other than Henry Kissinger as special advisor of foreign, uh, uh, foreign affairs advisor. Okay. He's going to turn 100 years old next may and he's still advising certain parts of our government right and if you go go back to 1960 that's when all of a sudden hell started to to happen you know and and uh you know the jfk was assassinated and we got you know lbj and uh and that whole group of 
neocons. What is Henry Kissinger? He's a neocon. Right? I, and I, and I, I think I'm like most people. I don't know what a neocon is. Well, neoconservatives, but generally they seem to have a very high proportion of what would be called Kazarian bloodline um, fake Jews. Okay. Right. Henry Kissinger is an Ashkenazi Jew. Okay. Madeleine Albright, uh, Wolfitzer. I mean, you can just run down the line. Um, And right here, Elon Musk said this week, Jewish neocon Victoria Nuland responsible for the Ukraine war. And I agree with that. Okay. And, and people just aren't putting it together that these people hate the Russians and have hated the Russians for a thousand years and are trying to destroy Russia and at the same time destroy the world. Right. And, and so you've got. Victoria Nuland's ancestry is Ukrainian Jew. That's a conflict of interest. Why is she in that position then? Right? The same with, um, what's his name? Um, um, oh, uh, bah, 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 Secretary of State. Um, he, I, his ancestry, huh? I can't tell his, you. Uh, it's not Schwab, um Blinken. Blinken. Oh, yeah, Blinken. His ancestry I was is, blinking out. Right, same here. Right, <laughs> age, age does that. Yeah, but his ancestry is Ukrainian Jew. Why, is it, why are these people in position starting a war in Ukraine when they have clear conflict of interest? You know, and people are going, oh, no, that can't be. Yes, it is. And, it, and it's been that way for a very long time. And now you're getting somebody as, as controversial as Elon Musk coming up and saying it. Right? And anybody who did any research would find Victoria Nuland brags about uh, funneling our money, $5 billion, to the Ukrainian government, which caused the overthrow of the duly elected president and started the civil war in 2014. And, and, and who's behind this whole thing? The Azov Nazi Battalion. So you've got you've got Kazarian fake Jews supporting Nazis in a war against Russia. And that's exactly what, by the way, Putin said. He's denazifying Ukraine. He said it numerous times. It, the evidence is there. But JC, in my daily travels, my daily communications, people don't want to look at the evidence. They want to just continue to blindly say, we got to help the Ukraine. We got to fly the Ukrainian flag. Why? Somebody tell me why. They've got programmed that they made Russia the big, bad, nasty, and we have to battle Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Anyway, you check how many nuclear uh, missiles they have. And it's like that's and and they're coming out there. I mean, you've got um, Medvedev, the former president and prime minister, uh, coming out and saying, you know, you're trying, your politicians are trying to destroy our country and take our resources, which I believe is correct. Yeah. You look at the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, and they have tried for centuries to steal the Russian resources. 
That really is, I think, what's behind the whole thing is Russia has a phenomenal amount of resources untapped and the world around is trying to angle how to get them. I, I, I would say the, um, um, the corporate model, the corporate fascist model is trying to figure out how to uh, split up Russia and, and get their resources. So and this is not human. Which poses my own question to myself. Why is China more fascinated with acquiring our resources than their closest neighbor, Russia? Well, I would say that Russia has more nukes, right? And the, and the second part is Russia doesn't have the best um, um, uh, breadbasket in the world we do. And we have the infrastructure in place to, you can have a breadbasket, but if you don't have the infrastructure and transportation and the needs to get it from where the resource is to where you need it, it doesn't do any good. Yeah. And if so if you look, what did the Chinese do? They took the, the largest deep uh, water port uh, on the West Coast. That was in um, Los Angeles. Uh, Bill Clinton uh, get, uh, gave it to him. I think maybe Donald Trump took it back, but I'm not really sure because, you know, we can only check so much here, but you you literally have it where the Chinese, I mean, the Chinese general uh, in a speech came out and he said, well, we, we want to hit the Americans uh, with a uh, with a bioweapon to get rid of 200 million of them so we can just walk in and take their farmland. Mm-hmm. Hey, now you see our inner cities are getting polluted with uh, fentanyl clearly being made by the Chinese. Yeah. And 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 uh, you know a couple other things and and I I just can't see how people can't figure it out. See, at the end of the day, JC, everybody's worried about a nuclear war. Everybody's worried about World War Three. We've been there. We're willingly taking drugs. We're willingly allowing child sacrifice, child sex trafficking, all of these other things, which is decaying us from within. All enabled by China. We're losing the battle already and don't even know we're in a fight. Well, if you read, of course, if you read um, Sun Tzu's The Art of War, which is by far one of the best book on war, it says the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, uh, we're there now. I'm so- yeah, I'm sorry, Trent. I got to go watch my football game. I'm being subdued. Uh, subdued. <laughs> well, that was perfect timing because we're out of time. 30 seconds. Give us a a closing profound wisdom of J.C. Cole today. Oh, well, I would say, you know, take a serious look at that freeze dryer. We are. And uh, also, you know, get some tires because you want to be able to roll um, um, (laughs) and, and, and keep the faith. I mean, we're waking up. We are waking up. Well, there's a bit of bad news in today's world, J.C., March has just shown up like a lamb. Yes. Get ready. Get ready. We've, I, successfully, I we've successfully journeyed down the road, connecting food producers to food consumers. For J.C. Cole, I'm Trent Lewis. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. The fact Piedmontese system creates opportunities for the Great Plains cattlemen, but again, it's up to the Great Plains cattlemen to tap into those opportunities. We use the Piedmontese sires from Lone Creek on our cows. Get the cows bred, 
raise the calves with high performance. They perform just as well as any. In fact, the outcross is kind of really good. My limousine Piedmontese cross calves are phenomenal. I, I have a hard time even selling them back. But the bank says, Trent, you got to sell them back. And we get a, a premium of $180 over market price when we do. That works really well for us. It'll work well for you, too. Get details about the certified Piedmontese system at LoneCreekCattleCo.com and stop by the website and check out the retail page, CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.